Welcome to another episode of Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer. And today we're talking all things San Diego sports with my good buddy, Ben Fletcher of Extra 1360. Also the Bam Slam podcast. It's an exciting time on the San Diego sports scene. The Padres, their most anticipated season, arguably in franchise history, is underway. In addition, they just picked up the first no-hitter in franchise history. In this, the 53rd season of Padres baseball. And fittingly, it was thrown by a San Diegan in Grossman High's Joe Musgrove. We're also going to discuss a very busy week on the Mesa with San Diego State basketball returning a couple of seniors in Trey Pulliam and Josh Tomajic and the addition of a big-time transfer from Cal in Matt Bradley. Before we get started with today's episode, though, please give us an auto-download on your podcast platform so you get future episodes automatically. It's as simple as that. Left Coast Sports is everywhere. We're on almost every podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, the free iHeartRadio app, YouTube, Spotify, many others as well. You can leave a review. We really appreciate the reviews. And while you're here and listening over the next 15 or 20 minutes, switch over to Twitter and follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Again, at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. All right, let's get right to it. The very latest on the San Diego sports scene with Ben Fletcher. You know, Ben, you you think about this weekend series for the Padres at home against the Dodgers. I know it's April, but this is as anticipated of a season as we've had in a long, long time. Capacities are going up at Petco Park. What do you think this weekend for Padres fans is going to be like at Petco Park? I think it's going to be loud. Mm -hmm. I think the first time you see this team coming back after the first no-hitter in the entire organization's history... I think this is going to be an avid group of fans excited to go. Hopefully there's not too many Dodger fans out there. But this Padres fan base is ready to explode for this team in a way like they haven't been able to in two years now because of the pandemic, because of no fans last year, because of limited fans at the beginning of this year. Now you're up to, what, 15,000? It's yeah, going to be in that a loud venue. Where do you sit in the discussion about Tatis? And again, coming off the IL after 10 days, he's available this weekend potentially. We'll, we'll find out more uh, this weekend. But like, are they, are they pushing him? And is there any concern if he does come back this early? I'm just thinking you have 13 other years of this guy. And next year you have your full pitching staff back, fully healthy, hopefully. It almost would have made more sense to me for him to already have had the surgery because it's almost, it looks like it's inevitable. It's going to pop out again. Now I'm not a doctor. I don't know that for a fact. I saw it come out two times in two weeks and it just makes me a little nervous. And I'm like, okay, well if it can be completely fixed by surgery, why not completely fix it now? Have him for the full 2022 season. But Padre fans are sick of kicking the can down the road. And I think Tatis is sick of it. So put him out there, see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch because here's the thing. With a shoulder like he's got, which has popped in and out, I think we don't necessarily know if and when it occurs again. I think we've heard from people it's likely that it will occur again. The Padres believe he won't do additional damage if it occurs again. And if surgery is necessary, maybe it's in an off season as opposed to during a season. You know, we're just a couple of weeks into a season. Um, obviously, tons of expectations the moves this offseason, right? I mean, Snell and Musgrove and Darvish. You know, what do you think about those performances so far? I mean, we know about Musgrove, the first no-hitter in franchise history. But when you think about what they've done with this rotation, with the newcomers and the aces, how do you think they performed two weeks into the year? It really just takes you back to last year in the last couple of weeks of the season where they had all these issues not knowing who was going to be on the mound the next day. So the Padres have figured out a way to have some sort of consistency up on the bump 
And I thought Darvish has been incredible. He's been the perfect boring pitcher for, like, the shutdown game. Maybe you have some turmoil going on. Darvish comes in, boring game, perfect. That's what you need over a course of 162. Blake struggled in his last appearance. I think he bounces back from that in a big way against the Dodgers, who he's had plenty of success against in his past. And, yeah, it's nice to have some sort of consistency when Padre fans were thrown into this turmoil last year of not knowing who was going to be on the hill the next day. Let's talk about Musgrove for a moment because, mm-hmm. you know, you really can't talk about the Padres April without talking about the first no-hitter in franchise history. I know you and I have talked about the fact that the Padres, it took them until their 53rd season to throw a no-hitter. They came into Major League Baseball the same year as the Montreal Expos, and in the ninth Expos game all time, the Expos threw a no-hitter. It took the Padres another 8,200 games. Officially, was game 8,200 and six. What do you think it means? Every franchise has one now that the Padres have done it. What does it mean that the Padres now have one and it was done by a San Diegan? Well, it's time that they got their first of this thing and now it's time to get their first World Series. <laughs> you know, like there's not too many True. teams left that don't have one of those. So I think it's super important. And the fact that it was Joe Musgrove, not Blake Snell, not you, Darvish, is a little bit of juju. It's a little bit of magic because it is the San Diego kid. And I just because he hasn't done it in his career up to this point, well, something's changed his team. And I think it means more for him to be playing against this team. And you need a little bit of magic to have special seasons. We saw it with the Giants for the three World Series. That was just three years of magic for that team. They weren't good. They weren't better than every other team in Major they League They were Baseball. good at the right time, right? They, Sorry, were good, they were good at the right time, right? They, exactly. So you need a little bit of magic. You need a little bit of scrappiness. And this Padres team is proving that they have it with and without Tatis. They've won a lot of games without him. So let's see where it goes. I what was your question? <laughs> about Musgrove, what it means. San Diego. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's also a San Diegan. I mean, I know it's been talked about a lot this week in San Diego. You know, it could have been like a no hitter could have been thrown by anyone in any season. Therefore, it could have been a September no hitter when you were fifty five and ninety. You know what I mean? It, it could have been an April no hitter when when you went seventy and ninety two or whatever. But it was it was Joe Musgrove. At the beginning of a season that most people believe will finish with the Padres being in contention. And what I was going to say is the fact that it wasn't Darvish or Snell. Like Joe Musgrove was kind of the last name that sort of slid under the radar. But it's that special fact that it was him. That makes it so much cooler. And we saw the mural at Grossmont High. And his family's business is doing record sales. It's like mm-hmm. San Diego just wrapped their arms around this man. And he feel, felt it and he proved it. You know, when, when we talk about the Padres to start this year... They've gotten off to this good start. They haven't necessarily swung the bats extremely well. And one of the players that has struggled at the plate is Tommy Pham. Uh, He's in a free agent year, a walk year, right? His final year of a deal with the Padres. Um, Is it too early to have a ton of concern with someone that, you know, he's got five hits, I believe, through the first two weeks of the season. All of them have been singles. Now, that could change in an instant, you know? Any game, he could have two home runs or three or four hits. Um, is it time for concern or is it too early with Tommy Pham? I mean, I'm concerned just because what the Padres were supposed to get from Tampa Bay was a potential MVP candidate. The numbers he put up in Tampa were unreal and the leadership he brought to the clubhouse in Tampa was unreal. And he might be doing that here too. We don't know what's going on inside that clubhouse, but the on-field production for the last two seasons has been so limited with Tommy Pham. He missed a ton of games due to injury last year. This year he comes in and he's, he's had the slowest start of anyone on this team. So it's tough to not be concerned at this point. And you're absolutely right. With guys like that, it could be one game where he hits two doubles, and then all of a sudden he goes on a ridiculous month. But 
at this point, when you have guys like Will Myers playing so well, guys like Victor Caratini playing so well, you almost want to look at someone like Tommy Pham. What the hell's going on, dude? Yeah, it's something that's going to need to get figured out. Now, does it have to get figured out in April? Maybe not, but certainly at some point in the first handful of weeks of the season, we'll need to see Tommy Pham swinging a hotter bat. All right, talking San Diego sports right now with Ben Fletcher, extra 1360. I want to switch gears to San Diego State basketball, which is something we cover a lot here on Left Coast Sports. And the Aztecs getting a ton of good news this week. Trey Pulliam and Josh Tomaj back for an additional year of eligibility. Let's start right there. This is a program that's 53 and 7 the last 2 years. They were in the NCAA tournament obviously this past year, didn't have it end they the end the way they wanted to against Syracuse. But when you get experience back, Brian Dutcher talks about the the idea of staying old. That's something that San Diego State will be able to do and they get some guys that were playing good basketball late in Pulliam and Tomaj. And Trey Pulliam had such an impressive last month of that season where all of a sudden he comes out and he's an offensive power. And it's like his entire career, what have we been saying? He's, oh, he's such a good passer, really good game manager. All of a sudden he's dropping 18 points against, who was it? Was it Boise State? Yeah. And so when he came out and had that last month, it was just so refreshing to see that floater starting to fall every game. He hit a couple three-point shots when guys were disrespecting him on defense. I think you're going to have a really special year from Trey, and he's so ready to take over the leadership shoes that Jordan Shackle and Matt Mitchell had in terms of being the vocal leader. And we had him on the show yesterday and you could almost hear his confidence up of just knowing that he's going to be that guy now, whether he likes it or not. And I think he's ready to go for the challenge. And then to he was awesome towards the end of the year. You know, it took him a little bit to get his groove going, but Maryland let go a stud and Aztecs are benefiting from it. You know, I, I thought you brought up a couple of really good points about Pulliam, the way he played down the stretch. First of all, for the whole year, 2.4 assists to turnover. So very good with the basketball, right? Very capable with the ball in his hands. His last 11 games, he averaged 10.5 points per game. So he became a scorer in the second half of the season. Now about Josh Tomajic, he shot 51% from the floor this past year. And he wasn't all by the basket. He's a 15-footer guy. He'll shoot some threes, right? And he shot 51% from the floor. So you have that combination. And then we get the news because on social media, Matt Bradley said he's transferring to San Diego State. So the transfer portal is the talk of college basketball. San Diego State has done so well in the portal with transfers. Guys like Malachi Flynn, Yanni Wetzel, K.J. Fagan over the last couple of years, Terrell Gomez, Trey Pulliam as well. Uh, In Bradley, you get a score at Cal that was not a good team, but averaged 18 points per game with second team all Pac-12. He reminds you a little bit of Matt Mitchell, who's gone. He was a four-year player and a great one. Jordan Shackle also gone, but he's 6'4", but he's chiseled. He can get to the basket. He's a 40% career three-point shooter. But, you you know, you think about what Brian Dutcher and the staff have done. They continue to reload, and we were concerned about how do you replace Matt Mitchell? How do you replace Jordan Shackle? It looks like they might have found that guy out of the Cal Golden Bears with Matt Bradley. And what does this program love? They love wings or three guards yes. who are bigger than they probably should be. Mm-hmm. And Matt Bradley seems like that type of guy. What is he, 6'4", 220? Yeah. That is a big force you can have who can also shoot the three ball. Defenses are going to be perplexed by how to guard him, and it adds another layer to this offense where it's not maybe just going to be Trey Pulliam dribble driving and getting the floater or running something through Mensa. It's a guy on the wing who every time he gets the ball, he could be doing something different. I love this addition. I watched his film. When I saw his measurables, I was expecting someone who was just a bully, who would kind of get into the paint and just rough people up, draw fouls, which he does very well. 
What I didn't expect was to see how pure his shooting stroke was and how perfectly I could imagine him fitting into this Aztecs offense, which is so team-oriented, which is so ball-movement-oriented. And I think he's a perfect fit. I Now, the culture thing is the biggest thing with San Diego State transfers. Do they fit into the culture? Do they know how to work hard enough to do what they have to do every day and practice with this team? Because these practices are unreal in terms of the defensive mind that Dave Velasquez and Coach Dutcher have. So the defense is the only question mark because on highlight reels, I can't see defense. No, I mean, I think that's fair. The good news about Bradley is this is a San Diego State target out of high school. So they liked him then. Now you get the finished product, so to speak, someone that's developed into this collegiate game, a guy that could score. Now, he is a lot like Malachi Flynn in the fact that Flynn could score, but he wasn't winning at Washington State. You know, Bradley could score. He wasn't winning at Cal. These, these players want to get to the NCAA tournament at one point in their career. The shame of 2020 is the pandemic, and these guys didn't have that opportunity, the Flynn's and the Wetzel's and the Fagan's. 2021, they get in. 2022, can they do it with Bradley? And can they win a game? There's a little bit of unfinished business now with the Tomayiches and the Poliums, this now senior class, the Mensas and the Aropes and the Seikos, and now you add Matt Bradley. I think that that's the next step. Now, they've won historically. They had, you know, um, 2011, right? They had 2014. They've been in Sweet 16s. The question now is they're going to be in contention, Ben. We know that. They're going to compete to get to an NCAA tournament. Can they find a way to win a game? And it's, it's sometimes easier said than done. It's a tough tournament. It would be huge for this team. Last year was a disaster, unfortunately, against Syracuse. I, it sort of was a weird game from start to finish. They were shooting shots that weren't very Aztecs-like. They were playing defense. I mean, they got screwed by Buddy Beheim just going off. Mm-hmm. But this year's team can kind of rebuild to that point because they have guys like Trey Pulliam coming back, because they have young guys like Lamont Butler and Keyshaw Johnson who got there but didn't get to fulfill some dreams. Getting to the NCAA tournament is a huge accomplishment. Winning a game in the NCAA tournament is a whole other world. So does this experience help them? Absolutely, because Lamont Butler is going to be a huge part of this team. How big of a benefit is it having a freshman who's already played at the biggest stage in college basketball? And then finally for you, Ben, I mean, we talk about the evolution of San Diego State's program. We all know about Kawhi, one of the greatest players in the world, played at San Diego State, was on a Sweet 16 team that lost to UConn. If they don't lose that game, maybe they win a national championship. Clearly, they could have gotten to a Final Four. They would have been in the lead eight. He's developed into one of the great players in NBA history, arguably. But it's the, it's the next phase of Aztec players. Under Brian Dutcher now, Malachi Flynn getting playing time in the NBA with the Raptors. Jalen McDaniels getting significant playing time right now with the Hornets. What is their success mean to the future success of San Diego State's program, in your opinion? It's just taking a looking glass into your future for Mm -hmm. guys like Matt Bradley. Maybe Matt felt like when he was at Cal, he wasn't necessarily getting the spotlight because they weren't winning and they weren't going to the the big dance every year. And that's sort of the thing now. San Diego State has evolved into a team that you can pretty much rely on getting some games on CBS National every single year. They've become a team that you can pretty much rely on getting to the NCAA tournament. We've seen it how many times in the last four years? Three minus the one that got canceled. So now these guys know that if they come to San Diego State, they're going to be in the spotlight. They are seeing Malachi Flynn, who's getting starts in his first year as a Raptors rookie. They're seeing Jalen McDaniels have huge success, and he had a highlight reel dunk earlier this year. And then obviously the poster child, Kawhi Leonard. It's now proven that going to San Diego State can actually benefit you in the NBA draft. And that's the goal for every single one of these guys is to get to that level and having this program build you up in terms of the culture. In terms of the defensive side of your game, 
it's only going to help bring in more five-star recruits for the Aztecs. Before you go, tell us about your new podcast, the Bam Slam Pod. Bam Slam Pod, I don't sound this hoarse on every single episode, <laughs> but my dear friend Mike Costa and I started this podcast uh, two months ago, and we've been cruising along. We cover a lot of San Diego stuff, and if you know Costa, it's more goofy than anything. <laughs> uh, we're having a great time. Allison Ratzlaff also hosts with us, and we release twice a week. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Bam Slam, B-A-M space S-L-A-M. Ben, thanks for doing it, man. Thank you, Shafee. Good pod. Thanks again to Ben Fletcher for joining us today. And make sure to check out his podcast, the Bam Slam Pod. You can hear him weekday mornings as well in San Diego from 6 to 9 a.m. on Extra 1360. He's an excellent voice on all things San Diego sports. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and auto-download future episodes on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on right now. And please leave that review. Once again, follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. For previous episodes or more information about Left Coast Sports, you can visit yourview.com. That's Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. Also, this reminder, the eyes of the world will turn to Tokyo for the Olympic Games this summer. Catch all the action leading up to the Olympic Games with Countdown to Tokyo every Tuesday on Your View. You'll get the latest news on preparations for the Games, details on the sports involved, and in-depth insights into teams, athletes, and the host city. Don't miss Countdown to Tokyo, Tuesdays on Your View. Next week on Left Coast Sports, we'll continue our tour of West Coast baseball with a look at the early season starts for both the Dodgers and the Angels. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll catch up again next week right here on Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer.